Hello, everyone, and welcome to Interactions and Attractions, a podcast that explores rural tourism and all that North Carolina has to offer. I'm your host, Carol Klein, part of the Uplift program and a tourism professor at Appalachian State University, and I am so excited to embark on this adventure with all of our listeners and special guests. In this podcast, we'll be exploring the ins and outs of the tourism industry through conversations with some of the brightest minds in the industry. From seasoned tourism experts to inspiring community leaders and valuable state partners, we'll hear their stories, insights, and passions for the destinations that they hold dear. Come along with us to discover how tourism can aid the local economy, preserve ecosystems, and celebrate the diversity of our cultures. Welcome, everybody. We are here today with Dr. Patricia Ferguson. Uh, Dr. Ferguson is the president and founder of Equity Films based out of Bertie County, North Carolina. Um, Dr. Ferguson, thank you for being here with us. Thank you. Listen, I'm the one that's thanking you so much for the invitation. Well, and Taylor Bass is joining us too from the Uplift team. We're going to have a three-way conversation here and it's going to be a lot of fun. I know I've been looking forward to this conversation for a very, very long time. Um, now, first of all, Dr. Ferguson, where is Bertie County? Oh my goodness. Bertie County lives in the most beautiful place in the world, which is in the very picturesque, beautiful part of the state of North Carolina in the Northeast. So we're tucked away in so much lovely beauty that um, I am hopeful that when this is over, that the whole world will come to Bertie County and visit us. Well, and and they should. There's no reason why they shouldn't. Um, as you said, yeah. it's a beautiful, beautiful area of, of North Carolina, and you have created a brand new mega attraction. Um, that that I was fortunate enough to attend part of it this past year, the Pecan yeah. Pickling Short Film Festival. Um, you put yeah. that on this year for the very first time, and it attracted a lot of visitors, people from outside the county, and it continues to grow every year. Can you just tell the listeners a little bit about a Pecan Pickling uh, Festival? What is the mission? Oh, wow. Listen, with so much pleasure, um, a Pecan Pickling Short Film Festival is just this amazing opportunity to showcase storytelling in underrepresented areas um, in not only North Carolina, but across the country. So here we go. You know, how do we discover and help cultivate or nurture emerging or experienced uh, filmmakers? And in this case, I'm considering them storytellers as well, as well in communities, as I just said, that are underrepresented. So the whole idea behind the festival is to just present the world with authenticity and storytelling at a whole nother place and, and inviting underrepresented voices into that storytelling. Very nice. And, you know, Bertie County is, is um, a county that hasn't received a lot of attention relative to economic development, uh, tourism, 
um, perhaps even community development, health services. So this this is a, a really big deal that you are undertaking this um, uh, with and alongside the county residents. Oh, without a doubt. Listen, we value community engagement and we value participation. And so um, it is such a big deal that even today, people marvel at the fact that we had such tremendous success mm-hmm. Uh, from the festival, because we do know that film festivals are not a quote unquote a game you get into without a lot of very deep resources. And so, um, when you understand coming into this, that you will be, you'll have to engage community and other stakeholders and collaborators to make it happen and reach beyond the community in which I live and draw and compel or rather tell compelling stories that will cause others to want to join you in your conversation. That is the exciting thing about launching a festival here. Well, it's super exciting and it was so successful. Um, Okay. So planning successful festivals, it's a lot of work. I mean, I don't, I don't even know how you were standing at the end of that that full weekend. And then, you know, the, that Monday you were out, you know, back at it, like sending out thank you emails. It requires a, a lot of knowledge from many different backgrounds. Um, what is your background in festival planning, entertainment, engagement with you with youth? How did you put all this knowledge together? Wow, that is such a huge question. Well, you know, um, it comes from a number of sources, number being engaged around being the, the elected side of my life, where you're dealing with constituency and constituency services and being on the ground and being very aware in real time what the what community needs are. It's building critical relationships across disciplines. So it was about leveraging amazing relationships and amazing uh, accomplishments through the years and bringing all of that to the table. My background is in theater, believe it or not. As a younger woman, uh, I'm a product of the Freedom Theater in, uh, out of Philadelphia with the legendary John Allen and Bob Leslie, and was chosen at 15 to travel the country uh, with a new musical that they had written. And I auditioned, of course, as a member of the theater. And it's also been some training at Temple University where I went there for the summer, uh, won a scholarship for theater at Temple University at 15 years old as well. So it's that understanding of the creative community. It's understanding that creatives are just the most amazing people on the on the earth and that it builds life skills beyond just film, TV, episodic, bringing that to the table. And then I've got to throw in being a mom because when you are a mom as well, you learn skills that leverage in no matter what discipline that you're in. And so that's kind of how, and and the last piece, living in communities, uh, you mentioned the economic side, because the beauty of equity films is that we really do want to serve as a pilot for other communities that resemble us in terms of economic, the economic context and that universe to say that you can create alternative streams of income, but not only that, but industries that you might not have considered. So we're on that on that wavelength as well. So it's the beauty of knowing that you can you can really build no matter where you are in the world. And and engaging that the youth, that piece of it, 
Um, I know you work with with other folks in the um, community, and I'll ask you about that in a minute. But but it's like creativity upon creativity. It's different layers because you're showcasing creativity with the event, with the event itself, but then using an event like this as a leverage for community and economic development and, and job creation. And job creation. Yeah. I mean, that, that in and of itself is a creative act. So. Well, yeah, because the whole idea, remember, this is a fun thing to do, but at the end of the day, if you're not providing, um, a framework that leverage an improvement of quality of life in communities, especially with a profile such as mine, if economic you know, activity is not brought into communities where there's economic inactivity, then really, then what are you really doing? It's no longer an industry, it's just a hobby or something. So yes, you know, um, my team and me, um, and, and uh, we're looking at how do we uh, become the major attraction in terms of filming locations for films $5 million and under, and to become branded as that across the world. And as you know, and we'll talk about them sure later, is you know what what is it gonna take for that type of branding to happen? And what kind of community engagement will that also happen, has to happen from the state, local, regional levels, and just all the players that's gonna have to be a part of that to make it happen. Yeah. That's awesome. And I, hearing you talk about this, Patricia, it's like, dang, I wish I could have been there this past year. Like, I would have yeah, been amazing to, to experience it. So I guess my question is, being somebody that's from, not from Bertie, never been to Bertie County, um, and being somebody that's from, out of state, um, could you tell us why you feel a visitor from outside the county or the state um, should attend your festival next year or in all the coming years? Well, let me tell you this. Do you want genuine hospitality? I'm just, I'm just asking the question. Do, do you want, are you interested in really observing strong community bonds or uh, is there a rich oral history that you're interested in or culture diversity or engaging conversations or supportive community spirit? Because that's what happens when you walk into, you're not going to have QR, code, QR codes on the storefronts of our stores when you've got to just Take your cell phone and just discover what's there. The community is is open and ready and willing, be it from a farmer's market where you simply go and, and make a purchase to help support the community. Um, the lasting connections from your visit, from even coming here, is a breath of fresh air. It really, really, really is from our Bertie beaches and our, you know, from our Rhoda River, our camping, our kayaking. I mean, we have... We have it all for you to enjoy, to include an Arnold Palmer uh, 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 signature golf course. I mean, how, how can you get, how, how can you move so seamlessly through such beauty and not be engaged by it? And especially if you want to bring your binoculars, you want to see some, do some bird watching as well, or agritourism, there is just so many options that you have to consider. And one thing I must mention, we are not an island unto ourselves. So there are contiguous counties to us who also can make your day trip here or weekend trip here simply phenomenal. What we simply ask is make sure you come by and see us as you're making your trek through the Northeast or 
or spend some real time here with some good old barbecue and cakes by Juanita, whatever is your fancy, we can make it happen here. That's amazing. And you know what? Maybe I'll have to make the trip up from Florida next year because I think you just sold me with beaches and kayaks. And we also have tree houses. I think you would like them a lot. I think I would probably like those a lot too. <laughs> so going back to the festival that you had this year, what do you feel were some of your biggest successes in the festival? Wow. Um, I think that the biggest success is that the festival actually happened because here's what's interesting. It wasn't that there were naysayers. I am so blessed to have been given, I have a reputation that if I say I'm going to do something, people have a tendency to say, if Patricia said it, she's going to do it. And how beautiful that is, right? It's that a beautiful thing. And so when I went, I started, I hit the ground running so quickly. I don't think they knew what hit them because last year this time I was on the ground in trustee board meetings at community colleges, county commissioners meetings. I was traveling the whole nation, you know, film festivals across the nation every weekend. So, so, um, the success again, uh, I just think the big success is that it happened and that not only that, but the community engagement part actually happened. The community came out and supported and not just the community, but when I say community, it's within the board context of community. That means across the state and across the nation. Yeah. And so you had a lot of collaborators that you worked with. Tell us about some of the people in the community. Um, when I was at the uh, the red carpet opening event, um, you introduced a lot of the collaborators that were there with you. So tell us a, a little bit about that, please. Oh, my goodness gracious. I'm going to start from the, the county side and work my way down. We had the chair the board of county commissioners there, and they allowed me to introduce the idea of the film festival very early on. And I traveled to Northampton County, Hertford County, just all the counties, pretty much several counties in the region to share this vision. So, so, so they were there. And then, so the county was a collaborator and they were there. And then you had this, the uh, superintendent of schools, Dr. Otis Smallwood, who was there and and literally I don't know if the festival could have happened without their generosity because on the beautiful campus of Berkeley County Schools and that amazing auditorium 500 seats state-of-the-art auditorium they made it happen so then you had it at the at the local at even more at the local level with the Nicole Outlaw who's so critical in engaging again the community and social media and making all those uh, pieces happen. And then you have the community college system where we're working on. So we're building. I want to be the listeners to be very clear. So here I am um, wanting this amazing film festival. And then we moved from there to say, okay, let's get county commissioners involved and establish a regional, um, a regional film commission. And then we're at the same time selling the story to the community colleges and saying, hey, you guys, we need to offer courses in film and, and sound. And at the same time, I'm at this with, at the Board of Education with the superintendent saying, hey, we need to have a film club at the school because there needs to be a feeder program for experienced filmmakers who are going to need them. 
And then at the same time, I'm at the state level saying, hey, consider funding us. We don't have any money. Then I'm then I'm filing for nonprofit status at the same time. So I file for nonprofit and thanks to so many folks like like a great, amazing uh, Don Davis in the house uh, that represents us and helping making all that happen. So, so yeah, there, there are a lot of collaborations and family and friends. And of course, Uplift was just an incredible support to us. And I cannot, I become speechless if I have to talk about the role that Uplift played, because not only did you guys come in and encourage me and point me to resources and do research for me and all of that but you were there as, as a sponsor and supporter so we i've got a are a cheerleader and and we are so excited to have found out about uh the the pecan pickling short film festival and just can't wait to to hopefully you'll let us be involved this this coming year and I got to mention also the Rural Center. I think you guys also do some things with Patrick at the Rural Center. So there are, like I said, there are so many, oh my gosh, collaborations that had been built over a number of years. And then there are the new ones like you guys who yes. are just, yes, wow. When you showed up at the festival, though, I got to tell you, I knew you said you were coming. I knew uh, weather predictions perhaps would throw things off. And when I looked up and saw you and your delegation, Cass and all, I mean, you saw me, I was basically in tears. I was like, oh my God. You were God, just thrilled you. to be able to, to be there. It was so nice, so nice. And and there's going to be more people coming next year and then the next year. Um, when when people think about Bertie County, and you know they, they may go, wow, a film festival, Bertie County? Do, do you think that um, the, do, do you think it, uh, represents the destination region? And if so, how? That's really interesting because I think the destination region talks a lot about what I said earlier, the whole small town, local flavor, natural beauty. And I really believe that really fits so beautifully. Storytelling is moving away from pen and paper. It's moving into a creative space where people can tell amazing stories that transcends transcends place. So I think I think it's just a perfect place, uh, destination places. Because when people look at destination places, they want to be revived and refreshed, and they want experiences that are not replications of a former experience. Yeah. Where they look over their choices of attractions and go, oh, I did that last year. I did that. Oh, we're doing that again. You can come into a region, for example, like the Northeast, and you can self-discover and also map out discoveries that will leave you literally breathless in terms of how you have the naturalness of our existence. And you don't hear, look, you don't hear cop cars and, and you don't hear emergency vehicles running every five minutes. It's the serenity of the naturalness of nature that invites you into the uh, into a conversation. Yeah, and so and some of the stories that I saw being told on the screen um, were homegrown stories. They were from the region uh, itself. So I, man, I appreciated that. Well, it was from the region itself, and also you know the whole idea of our mission going back to how do we help discover, cultivate, and or nurture 
this storytelling ability, they also are very interested in being engaged more fully in, in the state of North Carolina. So I want to be very clear that it's, it's about it's about the Northeast region, but it's about how do we keep them here in our community while they're being engaged across the world, if that's, that's right. That's fine. Because that's the economic development side. We don't want our brightest and best storytellers leaving us. No. And that is what we're facing if we're not very, very careful. No, very well said. Yeah, yeah. So what did you learn from this year's uh, festival? Is there anything you're going to do differently next year? So many things. <laughs> not, you know, I, I want to go and learn first. Um, I've learned the power of many hands. I've learned the power of many hands. I I often tell the story, and, and this is, you know, at the very last night, Taylor and Carol, I remember only getting maybe three or four hours of sleep from Thursday to Sunday. And I um, woke up that Sunday morning and when I woke up that Sunday morning, I knew I had to come and finish the scripts for the the, the Effie Awards itself. And I showed up at the office and I'm writing the scripts and it is now about 10 minutes to 11 and I have to be actually at the, at the, uh, at the theater at 11. And all of a sudden I arrive at the theater, I take out all of my printed copies, for all of my presenters, when I realize that I have mixed up the entire script. Are you hearing me? The entire script. Oh no. And I sat there fully exhausted. Oh no. When I tell you fully exhausted, with three, four hours of sleep, just, and I looked at my, my presenters and I said to them, and I looked at everyone around me and I said to them, I have nothing else to give. I had absolutely nothing else to give Carol. I had nothing. My tape was completely empty. And my and so the presenters, the two ladies who were co-hosting this, they sat me down and said, Patricia, we've got you. Everyone else in the building came running on stage and they just hugged me and loved me and said, you sit there. We're gonna announce an award, one award at a time. We're not gonna worry about the, the second, third or fourth. Trust us with this. And we're just going, and no one ever knew. Amazing. No one knew. Amazing. And it, it was the most miraculous, out of all of my time in leadership, and I've been in leadership since I was like nine years old, that has never happened. I've always come to a full conclusion on, in all, on all matters that I'm involved in. I've had the stamina, the capacity, and the ability. And at that moment in my life, for the first time, I know what it meant when it says it takes many hands to lift the vision in plain view. And when I tell you the vulnerability I showed at that very moment was what everyone needed to know, that I am really human. Oh, she's really human. But not only that I'm really human, but I was willing to yield all so much work over to everyone and said, it is, I'm sure that it's safe in your hands. And I never backed, I never questioned That is it. strength, my I, dear, strength. And at the very end, I came out 
And I think I had everyone at that point in tears at the audience because I told them the story. I told them that I had nothing else to give them and that these amazing people were the ones that rescued the most important day. And so lessons learned, um, the, you know, so many lessons around not giving up, lessons around doors open miraculously at the last minute, lessons learned that the importance of carrying your collaborators or those with you the entire way. You can't abandon them no matter how tired you are. They've got to walk the full length and breadth of it with you. And being vulnerable. Absolutely. And the vulnerability that comes with leadership. I'm a servant leader, by the way. I am the definition of my leadership. I'm a servant leader. And I embrace the full value of what that means from every day, from the time I wake up until the time I go to bed. I know why I've been called. The good Lord called me to be a servant leader. And it was at that moment that I understood an elevated definition of what it means to be a servant leader and, and to be willing to just surrender everything that you have into the capable hands of those that have walked alongside you. Oh, what you're doing is amazing. I mean, I don't know why anyone wouldn't just support you a hundred percent. And we're we were privileged to be able to 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 you know just f follow along and and see the story and attend some of the events. And and, and listen, um, please keep the energy going. As you 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 may not know, but the actual festival submissions for the for the festival are actually open on January the eighteenth which is only six weeks from now or so, because today is December the 1st. And then it closes on June the 14th. And then the festival is, of course, September the 13th, 14th, and 15th. We're looking at adding a a, a youth film festival or a student oh, film yes. festival yes. to it. Um, maybe that Thursday, a lot of yes. work. Um, we're looking to bring on staff because as you know, we have no staff at all. I'm it 100% and a handful of amazing volunteers uh, like Nicole Outlaw and Laura Cini and, and of course Eric Green and, you know, just, yeah, you know, that's a real good handful of folk. Oh, and please spare the word so we can get lots of folks submitting films January the 18th. Okay. Day one, we want lots of films. Absolutely, and we would love to help spread the word and I am so looking forward um, to seeing this festival next year. Um, so I want to move on and ask this next question. The name of the podcast is Interactions and Attractions. Um, so we'd like to ask, are there any key interactions that you maybe had that inspired this festival? So I just come back, returned from, from LA with my grands. And it was literally about a year ago, a little bit more than a year now, it was like mid-October. And I'm in the bathroom getting dressed when I know the good Lord says your work is not done. And I want to know what have I not done when I've covered the full spectrum of things you can name from going back to establishing family resource centers and, you know, just all the pieces. And um, that Sunday, my husband and I went to a movie in a town that we don't necessarily go to a movie. And I walked into the theater and I was engaged in a conversation with a young man 
about hope. Because I know one thing, one thing that's missing from communities like mine is that hope can really be something that gets lost. And he said to me, if you want to take a look at hope, then put it in a movie. And as soon as he said that, I said, what? He goes, yeah. He says, the only place I've ever seen hope is in a movie. I've never seen it in my real life. And then I said, okay, and my husband is thumping his watch quite vigorously, alerting me that the movie's about to start because, you know, I love movies. And I could not watch the movie. I started a hashtag that says, it said, hashtag add a prayer. I wanted every filmmaker, producer, director, and writer to add hope. I said, please add hope to your films. I said, doesn't matter the length of your hope. It could be just for a few seconds. And then I came back home and all week I thought about it. And then I remembered I've never allowed anyone to do the work that I know I can do. I'm not going to depend on filmmakers to do this for me. I'm going to do it. And then I said, okay, what makes sense? And what made sense was what? To start a film festival. It might not make sense in you guys' head, but in my head, my first thought was, because I'm a frame worker, in my head it went, if I want to influence movies, I've got to know who's making movies. And the only way to know who's making movies is to host a film festival. And so that is the birthing of the film festival. I knew that I had to figure out if there were any filmmakers in my community. And that, and that, then I discovered there are tons of them. Then I had to bring them together to have these community conversations. Then I had to talk to them about submitting their films. And then at the same time, I said to myself, I've got to have local government support. And that went back to regional film festivals and the whole nine yards. So I got to ask Patricia, where to, where does the name come from? Oh, great question. Okay. I have a sister. I had a sister and she's passed now. And she used to make the most amazing pecan pies. And then I had a grandmother who raised me because I'm a single, my mother was a single mom, teenage girl. Mm -hmm. Right. And so my grandmother was an incredible pickler. She pickled pickles and watermelon rind and she made preserves. And so I got the pickling from her. So pecan pickling was from my sister, my grandmother. Oh, I love that. That's that. I love that. An homage to your your folks. To my sister and to my grandmother. The woman you see now is I had a loving mother, that a teen mom, of course, who, who moved to Philadelphia at age, at age 18. She had me at 16, 18, 17, whatever. One of those days, those years. And um, and so my grandmother raised me and my grandfather. We were deacons and deaconesses in church. And so the woman you see now is my mother's financial support because she was in Philly and my grandparents who just took me and loved me and nurtured and groomed me and placed values and beliefs in me and, and created a servant leader. And then my mother, once she was stabilized from her trek to Philly, of course, I ended up being raised in Philly not long after that. But those up to up to about age 12 was my, were my grandparents. Thank you. That. Thank you for sharing that. Well, yeah. Patricia, the last question we have for you is this interactions and attractions. What is your one favorite attraction in North Carolina? 
you know, that I read that and how unfair of all the people. Right? I know. <laughs> North Carolina is so beautiful with beaches and mountains. And my gosh, and you, I don't know if you know this, every October we spend it in Little Switzerland. Okay. Every, every October. But I've got to default to Bertie. Okay. All right. And, and 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 the and the reason I have to default to Bertie County goes back to what I said earlier of the hospitality, the strong community bonds, the rich orchestra. I can get all of that in my own community without even. Leaving. I'm waiting for a, a favorite attraction. I know you are. <laughs> I'm still. Um, I would probably say Bertie Beach. Okay. All right. And we have a winner, Bertie Beach. I will say Bertie Beach because, and another reason I say that is it was almost like unreal and unbelievable that we had a, a board of commissioners, John Trent, I think was chair at the time, who had enough vision to say, we are going to take advantage of our natural resources and we're going to use it to the advantage of our community and create an attraction that will not only benefit the economics of Bertie status, but folks will come in and share that beauty and shop and do all kinds of cool things and talk about us online and cause others to come and for destination tourism organizations to toot our horn also and, 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 and encourage folks to come. So I would say Bertie Nice. Well, Dr. Ferguson, Dr. Patricia Ferguson, founder of uh, Pecan Pickling Film Short Film Festival. We are so, so privileged to have you on the podcast today. Thank you for spending time with us. Well, listen, wherever you are, Carol, I'm always going to be there. I love that. Love you, Taylor. But, but, but I, I trust this. Um, and you know how we are in the Northeast. That's not, a, that's, not, that's not an easy thing to earn, right? It's not an easy thing to earn. No. And I'm telling you, Carol, um, you, 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 you know, we, you're, you're, real, you're, you mean a lot. I feel the same way about you and, and I'm, this has been fantastic getting to know you and I'm just so excited about next year. So am I. Well, thank you for your time with us today. Um, we will uh, look forward to next year, but we will obviously see you again before then. And um, and again, we would love to be a part of the the second uh, Pecan Pickling Short Film Festival in Bertie County, North Carolina. Thank you, Dr. Ferguson. Thank you. That's all we have today on Interactions and Attractions. Thank you all for joining us. Stay tuned every Monday and Friday for new releases and be sure to stay updated on what Uplift is doing through our social media. The Uplift program is funded under award 04790769 from the Economic Development Administration, U.S. Department of Commerce. The conversations, insights, and recommendations are those of the podcast production team and do not necessarily reflect the views of the Economic Development Administration or the U.S. Department of Commerce.